Hello and welcome to another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. On today's episode, we talk with Ben Wilde about his unconventional journey into illustration, the amazing opportunities that have come his way, and mentors. So I hope you enjoy the episode, and here's a word from our sponsor to kick us off. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Logo Package Express. I've been using Logo Package for a while now, and it's really helped my export times, and that in turn helps out my clients. The Logo Package has been a widely uh, talked about subject within the design community, and uh, is used by all the top designers to speed up their exporting time. It's an extension for Illustrator that can automatically help you export, sort, and organize hundreds of logo files in under five minutes. This is how easy it is to use Logo Package Express. One. Open up your logo file and set it in the extension. Two, adjust the settings and click make logo button. And from there, every logo variation can be generated from that single piece of artwork. Step three, click export and see all of your logo files exported neatly into an organized structure. Step four, send your logo package to your client and get back to doing awesome work. Now, if you compare that to your general exporting time and exporting all the files one by one, you've saved a lot of time by using Logo Package Express. Not to mention the handiness of it sorting itself out into a neat folder. Normally exporting your logo different variations, your logo type and your files would take more than an hour to do, but this with Logo Package Express takes under five minutes. Why would you ever want to go through that long process again when you've got Logo Package Express? Spend time making logos rather than exporting them with Logo Package Express. You can find a $20 discount via our Creative Waffle link down in the description of this podcast. Thank you very much. On to the show. saying it's going we're going <laughs> welcome welcome to the podcast okay, um, yeah. yeah can we start off with uh, who you are and, and what do you do yeah yeah so um i am ben wild and i run ben wild studios which is a like boutique animation and illustration studio nice nice i like that you said that boutique what makes yeah. it a boutique then what's that, what's that? Yeah, well, that? just I, I think like potentially the sort of hand-drawn element and the blind animation that we do i think not many people do that sort of stuff so i think that's quite sort of bespoke and boutique in its in its own right and then i think the sort of the the level of projects we work on we don't sort of do tons of projects but we're quite sort of we're quite fortunate because we can like cherry pick the projects we sort of want to work on rather than having to sort of just sort of, I think it gives us the freedom to try a bit of everything rather than saying we're one thing. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, it's good. I mean, we were talking before as well about you being more than just you now. That's exciting. That's a big move, like having more than one person. When did you? Uh, when did you expand? Well, I um, so during lockdown actually, I um, because I'd worked with this fella called Andrew about about sort of on an ongoing basis for the last sort of 16 months or so and in that sort of time frame we created a children's book and took that to new york and then i also alongside that was freelancing and became full-time with manchester city and then obviously the lockdown happened and everyone sort of everyone initially was not too sure how long things would go on for and sort of there was no sort of end in sight so I sort of very much focused on the work at Man City and then that sort of developed and a few opportunities came about which would have been slightly silly to like pass up even though the opportunity at Man City was unbelievable. So one of those opportunities was to um, raise some investment to actually sort of launch and 
start a proper animation studio. So we took that, well, I took that investment and we're, we're now a team of three, which is exciting. Yeah, I mean, we'll definitely get into the Man City stuff. And um, so you worked with Danny as well, right? You worked with Danny. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I was, that, Danny was my boss. Um, nice. Yeah. Friend of the podcast, good friend of mine. Um, yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's yeah. a great guy. Yes. But, uh, so I, I want to get into that, but I want to also chat about your, your coming up, I guess, uh, your, your step into the industry. Because um, when we spoke on the phone, like, yeah, it's, like you're talking about it, and I was like, oh, wow, I didn't know anything about it. <laughs> I didn't know yeah. that at all. So exciting, and um, and yeah, and I think it would be uh, interesting if people haven't haven't heard it in other places or haven't read it on other places. So yeah, uh, what's your what's your story? What's your backstory? So um, so it's a bit of a strange one because like on paper, I've got no real interest in football. I uh, or uh, I had an interest sort of in sport, and I like the uh, I always like the sort of the, the sort of movie esque nature of like. The, the stories that can sort of intertwine with obviously sports people and all that, but um, but I sort of packed sort of the education world in at about sort of fifteen slash sixteen because I sort of from a very early age realised this isn't for me. This is kind of it's kind of one system which is sort of bizarre that you're pushing millions of people and millions of ideas through sort of one funnel and aim. I think that funnel doesn't sort of go hand in hand with like the the creative world. And at sort of 15 and 16, I thought like, this isn't really for me. So I'm just going to try and, I don't know, become an illustrator because I always sort of love drawing. So I sort of just, I started initially just um, at like 16, I'd, I'd make a fake portfolio of like, kind of like drawings of like, this is what I could offer. And then I would just turn up at businesses in Manchester um, and just be like, hey, like, look, I c- could do this for you guys. Um, and like crazily, one of those opportunities led to um, a job doing a sort of like kind of marketing material illustrations for a physiotherapy like brand, yeah. which was super exciting. And it was maybe the first dip into the, kind of the sports arena per se like doing that sort of drawing um so i did that for about six months and then they were actually working on this like wonderful idea at the time of they had a treatment for children and their idea was to turn that treatment into a uh, into a comic book for these these children on this um this sort of like course so i sort of helped doing the storyboards for that and helped on that project. And that led to a company in Madrid seeing the work I was doing on that and seeing the sort of social media presence I was sort of trying to push out there. And um, that led to a fella just reaching out of the blue and just was like, hey, like, we love your work. I run this company. Um, if I get you a, a, like a flight to Madrid, will you come for an interview? Which is crazy. So, like, nice. on, like, my 17th birthday, it was literally the day after my birthday, um, I flew out to Madrid um, to, like, work on this project. So we worked on a project out there for a little while, which was super cool. And then after that, I moved back to Manchester um, and sort of, after that project had settled, I was slightly, like, 
I'm not too sure like what I want to do. I sort of enrolled at colleges and sort of I wasn't too like I wasn't too sure what, like which direction to take it at that point because it was kind of like yeah. all these situations have have unfolded and they've, they've all been super exciting but like I wasn't too sure what I wanted to do. I knew I liked movies and stuff and wanted to dip my toe in that but I wasn't too sure overall like which way we should take this. Um, but then quite like amazingly a guy reached out to me and he had just sort of invested in and was like like nurturing this new film company uh, based in Manchester and they were said like oh you can come and join us and do storyboards and do sort of a bit of ev- like a bit of everything and it was an amazing sort of learning experience because I got to work on like animations for commercials and sort of lots of different things all at once and it was a a very small team it was a team of just four initially when I joined them I I know that company was was an amazing experience and I was there for about 18 months I got to like travel quite a bit of the world with them guys and work on some amazing projects and that was very much my sort of boss there um, a fella called Chris the company's what media, by the way, but a fellow called Chris who sort of took me under his wing, literally, and um, sort of mentored me and very much shaped the sort of the business world I want to get into and sort of helped shape the sort of the way I want to approach business with kind of like kindness first kind of thing. And sort yeah, of sure. obviously treating every person and sort of every situation with like, the sort of love and care it deserves. So, so no, that was an amazing. I think it was about eighteen months. It was an amazing situation, um, and it was an amazing learning curve. Um, and yeah, like I say, that sort of helped. Sort of, I worked on tons and tons of different projects, animation, storyboards, pitching to clients, all that sort of stuff. Um, but then, yeah, and then from there, the reason I parted ways was I got an opportunity to work on a uh, on a novel for um, quite a big name. I'm not too sure I can I can mention the name just because I've signed like I don't know quite a few pieces of paper. But um, it was it was a I'll call it this. It was a big YouTuber. Mm. So I illustrated his book, which was about it took about a year to do and that was an amazing experience in itself and then off the back of that um, I thought like oh I'm gonna start my own business now and sort of jump into this freelance world that I've sort of been tiptoeing like around for all these years and out the blue some fella had who I'd worked with at the physio brand had tagged me in a Danny Lennon post yeah and that led to I, the initial contract at City so then I became a sort of a member of the, the, the team because I was there every day but I was a contractor so I would work for City in the day and various brands in the evening um, and then I was there for about nine months and, um, and an amazing opportunity came up to do some work for the US Open and do some work for Amazon so I parted ways with parted ways with City and then over that sort of festive period, a load of like truly incredible jobs came up. Worked with like boxers around the world, loads of amazing uh, like companies and stuff, which was unbelievable. And then the following year, um, 
we worked together again, like me and Man, like me and the people at Man City. We worked on a few other projects, and that then led to employment. And then obviously, COVID happened, and then, yeah, that, yeah. then that led to the investment. That's crazy. That's a that's another story. Like, and we're going to break it down. So going back to going back to the start, where do you think you got this? Um, where do you think you got this entrepreneurial spirit from, or like what what spurred you on to start the whole? I'm going to leave college. I'm going to leave uh, school. Well, it was a bit of both. Like, I didn't really finish school and I didn't really start college. It was all a sort yeah. of a limbo. Like, on paper, but, like, no certificates um, at all. I dream that. That's fun. That must be amazing. Like, when, when you, you look back at it, I haven't got any, any GCSEs, but I think my issue with the school system was, like, I don't know, I think it's, I think, it's pretty ridiculous. Like, um, I think if you, I think if you just like, I think if you just take the concept of what school is, and you take especially the uh, the UK school system, like, I think if you just try and think about the concept, I think if you think too long, you realise how how stupid it is. Yeah, hundred percent. I've I've had conversations about this before, and um, even with design teachers and leaders and, and people who think on that sort of things design educators and it's really interesting like yeah there's so many good options to learning design um outside of school outside of school and and other people have talked about having you know once you get to a certain age you and you've done science and math or well, maybe not science but like english and maths and you've got your basics you go on and go to a specialist sort of art school or a specialist if you're a more creative person, you go over here, or if you're a more sporty person, you go over here, or more academic, you go over here. Mm. Uh, this is, that'd be interesting. Uh, what, have you thought about this much? Like, have you got any ideas of how you could sort it out? <laughs> I think um, there's other countries that do it in a, like, a superior fashion. Like, um, well, if you take, like, the schools in Denmark, which have a sort of, I don't know if all of them do, but if you read about a few of them, they have a more sort of hippie approach. Like once the core like understandings of the world are sort of taught, people are um, people are then exposed to like situations and sort of career paths they maybe wanna follow down. But I think half the issue is like especially the art world, I think it's it's frowned upon and I think yeah. The, the frown builds a fake disbelief like it's um it's mental like um like i think people i would say if you asked anyone who isn't in the industry like oh why don't you be an artist i think their first response will be it's incredibly hard mm. and it's not like it really isn't like don't get me wrong i appreciate i've had some incredible sort of breaks or whatever you like label you want to call it but like under under that, it's just hard work, and I think people approach like maybe the art world as like, oh, this is the impossible dream. So I'm either not gonna try, or I'm gonna. I'm allowed to swear, or is it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Kind of like approach it kind of half arsed. You know what I mean? Because the the sort of brainwashed under this belief, like, oh, it's either an impossible or for the far few, but like, it's not. Like I think. I think there's a weird sort of belief sort of funneled into everyone and that sort of maybe maybe makes it sort of seem impossible and like I don't think it is. 
Uh, well, it's, it's clearly not. And if you want to, the hard work thing's really important as well because it, you can't really get anywhere without hard work. Anyway, it's considered no. successful. Yeah. So, like, uh, where did that come from? Because I, I personally, I think it, for me, it was from, like YouTube and like watching a lot of YouTubers and um, just just binge watching like entrepreneurs yeah, yeah. and that. I think I like. I sort of like the. I think I've always liked the idea of like trying to potentially prove the system wrong. I think that's nice. like that yeah, sort yeah. of belief of like getting deep now like this. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's kind of like yeah. the idea of like people are saying this isn't this is impossible. And it's kind of like well, it's not. And I think now, especially, I'm like I'm trying to show people like not that it's not just impossible. Like it's not that it's like it, it literally isn't impossible, but also like have a go. Like this this should be accessible to everyone. Do you know what I mean? This belief of like this belief of like oh you can make it as an artist and an illustrator or whatever or whatever literally whatever job that belief of like it's possible should be funneled to everyone and like the underappreciated like communities and cultures and everyone who maybe wouldn't believe it well by right they should you know what i mean like it, it is getting deep now but uh by by right they should 100 percent believe they can do it but i think that these schools or whatever the teachings are i think you need to teach people like look whoever you are you've got that opportunity to take whatever career you want you know what i mean yeah for sure i mean it's, it's definitely a conveyor belt isn't it school school's like a conveyor belt of, of you know you go to gcse's and you put, i remember gcse's you put so much so much pressure on doing gcse's and having if you fail this your life's over sort of oh, thing it's bollocks. Like, fucking hell like, that's crazy <laughs> I, I, I had a similar thing and it's absolutely i've never i've never been asked like yeah uh, yeah exactly yeah, never been asked about GCSEs, and it's, it's crazy. And then, you know, when the people at you know, such young ages are getting issues of, with mental health, and like, mm. especially that age when doing GCSEs, there's so much stress in you know, at home and in home life, and um, yeah, and then and like not being able to play a sport because I had to revise, and like, Christ, it was so stressful at that time in my life. Um, and yeah, I just, I think my parents always said like, there's a be- the best time of your life is uh, when you're a child. And I was like, that's Looking back at it, no way, <laughs> definitely not. Um, best of my life right now, I think. Uh, and it's yeah, it's just, it's just a uh, weird, weird, weird system, like you say. And then you get on to you know, college and then university, and then uh, become some fancy lawyer somewhere or or, or something, something that's um, yeah. again aids the system. But I, I think yeah. as well, I think people are so clueless on the creative world that I think that in itself is a problem that leads to like then comp- like big companies especially not knowing who they're trying to employ because for example like you'll take like a junior say graphic designer role yeah. and they need to be a web developer as well like that should mm. be two well two roles and they need like fucking four years of experience which is crazy <laughs> but as well like i think there needs to be a separation as well of like okay like the you can learn, right? You can be the best graphic designer in the world, and you can know After Effects, Illustrator, and all these combination of things. And you might, you might, you might work on brands for like the biggest companies in the world. You might make logos for really cool people, and there might there might be an illustrated element to your work. But I, I think the work, the term illustrator, should be, in my opinion, 
give like attached to those who draw with a well draw you know what i mean because i i've worked especially re- well i'd say in the last year or so i've worked on a uh i, I worked with i'm not going to name the company but i worked with a global company on a uh on a huge project and the project was so big that they hired a well they hired two illustrators sort of on the team i was working on and um the, the issue was they were both of them were award-winning illustrators and they were amazing like incredible at what they do but like they couldn't draw and like the the issue was like you two people are insanely talented but you almost haven't labeled yourself correctly and then the company who hired these two people have almost not like asked for the right people and yeah Situations like that happen all the time, and it sort of almost goes back to these p- companies that want like a junior who's had who's had like ten years experience. Like these things yes. aren't real; they shouldn't be happening. And I think that education is the key to stopping all those situations. It's um that's an interesting point about the uh, the phrases that can't draw because that's that's where I feel I am. I um yeah, and there's there's hundreds of thousands of people out there you know, making a living as an illustrator. I don't make a living as a straight on graphic designer, but um, you know, you know, tracing images in their own style sort of thing. Mm-hmm. That's that's you know, that's that's what I do. Um, I, I enjoy it, and you know, it's interesting. You can put a cool style on on a and, and lift it off of an image. Um, how do you feel about that? As a so, I guess no, I'm guessing you're drawing by hand, right? Yeah, but I also think that that in itself isn't an issue. Like the biggest like renaissance artists of their time use projections to get proportions correctly i i've never really seen an issue with people putting their own style on top of a an image or whatever that might be and also up to the point of these people who say trace an image with their mouse and do something that's shit hot you know what i mean but and it's only my opinion but i would class them as like graphic designers only because if i was hiring for a project and I had a candidate who was an award-winning illustrator and then I gave them a pencil and they couldn't draw. Yeah, like, yeah. I think there's a miscommunication there because, like I, like I say, these these two people that the, the company hired were unbelievable. They were so, like, so talented. And it, I, I felt on that project, like, oh, this is a real shame because, like, look, if the company had hired two graphic designers, like, or two graphic artists, whatever label you want to associate with that, sort of style of work i think like look you two are like i can't do anything you guys are doing and it's unbelievable and it's a shame that we can't work together on this project and i think for me that project hit home especially because it was just a shame like because i ended up being the one who had to make the call like i had to make the phone call like look we've had to rejig the project because it's it's all drawn and the company should have made that clearer and yeah you know what i mean and i'm but i've been because like i have quite a lot of friends in in the sort of art community and this well this sports art community especially and i've seen it like quite recently time and time again like they'll hire an illustrator who's actually a graphic designer or vice versa and i don't know i think there needs to be like I don't know. I think it all goes down to the communication initially. Mm-hmm. But also, can you, you companies will look at it this way as well in a business sense? If, if you can get someone like me who's, who's a designer 
and then the you know you can get a graphic style illustration type thing off of an image as well. You know, you got two, got two for the cheaper price, right? It's yeah. insanely valuable. It's insanely valuable. I just yeah. think, I think if anything, there should be a new category of like, can you freehand draw? Yeah, freehand draws. Because, because no, because like people like you, <laughs> like who have that, like, well, fundamentally have that design ability mixed with that, like, oh, I can make a shit hot illustration. Like, that's insanely valuable. And companies don't utilize that in, enough. You know what I mean? I'm. So yeah, I think, and I think that all goes down to like, it's all like the, each person, you know what I mean? It's all down to like, what do you want to shout into the world, and what do, what work do you want to be doing? Because, yeah. like I say, if there's more people like you who can do both, that's insanely valuable. But, uh, yeah, it's an interesting point because I've always wondered about calling myself an illustrator because I don't feel like I, I like, I like, you know, saying like we we're just talking about you know, having someone. You can you can actually draw. That's an illustrator. You're an actual illustrator. You can draw. But but as well, I, I don't know because I'm a big fan of your work and like some of the work you've done that has been captured from a picture. I think you do it enough justice that it becomes yours. You know what I mean? And I think mm. like that that in itself is a is a huge skill. And I think like i just think i think my issue with it is the issue with like companies companies need to make clear like if we're hiring an illustrator okay let's forget this like can he draw can he not what does the illustrator need to do because that company in itself wasted those guys two times you know what i mean because the the world-class people insanely talented and obviously they've come on this project all excited and they find out the project is like say a hand-drawn project and i think that in itself is like there just needs to be clear, like, com- I think it's companies. Companies need to be clear, like, what do they actually want? Professional tracer, hand drawer, illustrator, graphic designer, motion designer, animator. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's so many strings to our bows these days, isn't there? You can go on forever with the amount of skills people need to be the top, you know, top you creative. Can't, you can't creative. ask people for everything, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Or you, you don't get any specialists, you just get like people i think out of fear i think there's a lot of people who are like oh i need to learn this i need to learn this and if you were to actually ask these people why you're learning it i think a lot of people aren't learning it for fun and i think that's the reason you want to do this like you want to be making stuff like like what if if you're purely becoming a graphic designer or an illustrator or whatever for money like Mm. like don't do it (laughs) yeah you know what I mean? Like, you if you're learning new software, that should be exciting. If you're finding no excitement, if, you, if you're learning software purely because you're scared you're not going to get continued work, do something else. Like, Yeah, that is, um, that is an interesting point, actually, because uh, motion design is not something that I'm interested in learning because I know it's going to take a long time, but I know it would help my career because uh, it's a bit of a 50-50 sort of, point there because like it, it would definitely help if i learned it and it would help my you know the, the drawings stuff you know the tracing that i do and it, you know i could get some graphics you know moving behind it and getting to the next level um but yeah i'm just not really interested in sitting down and learning a whole new sector yeah. well i think you've got to ask yourself because obviously that, there's two strands to that there's like there's a hard work associated with learning new software but then there's also like yeah 
is the out is the outcome to learning that software oh i can make more money and offer more skills or oh i can make motion graphics and i love that do you know mm. what i mean it's like if you're not loving the outcome why are you bothering doing all the learning yeah yeah, yeah. so i feel like at the moment I'm, i want to try and get you know i want to try and get more more sort of like more masterful more i don't know i want to become more confident in the stuff i'm doing at the moment and then move on before i move on like so yeah I, I, yeah it's an interesting one that I, I like that conversation as well about the titles because everyone if you look up the word freelancer you know it's not actually what everyone says it is like freelancer is uh we, we're all independent designers well I'm, yeah, yeah. Speaking for speaking for the people that work for other companies, that's independent designer. Freelancers is like is like when they take you on for a, for a period of time. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Interesting uh, different uses of uh, language that you go on. But yeah, we will. Um, so yeah, where, where did you think going back to the original conversation? Where do you think you? Uh, you got all this wrong, this uh, entrepreneurial skill. What, what gave you the, the balls to go into a company at 17 and ask, you know, here uh, you go, this is my work? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know. A lot of my family sort of, they run their own companies and okay. I think that's been like taught from an early age. But I think as well, like, I don't know. I thought, I'm trying to think back of like what I would have been thinking at the time. Because it was like, yeah. I don't know, five, five years ago, six years ago. But, like, I think my mindset was, like, if they say no to a job or, oh, piss off, like, what's the harm? I think that was my mindset. It's a good mindset to have, right? It's good. Because, like, yeah, at the day, well, end of the day, I, I got a job, you know what I mean? I, I, I would say, like, the biggest... If, I was to, if you were to ask what's the biggest mistake like why creatives can't get a job i would mm-hmm. say like you shouldn't be waiting for a job to appear even though i know that sounds so cliche but like no like out of like my four sort of the closest sort of people in my life who are like in the creative world they've never yeah. applied for a job and got it the companies have always made jobs around their skill set and I think as a creative, you should be so bespoke that companies are doing that. Like when City were initially looking for an illustrator, it was a two-month or three-month contract, and that led to nine months. And then when they eventually hired, they hired based – there wasn't a role going. It was hired based on the skill set and what I was offering at the time. And I think yeah. if you're waiting for like this junior design role when you get out of uni or this whatever this might be – First of all, it'll be the wrong role because they want like fucking ten years web dev like web dev experience or whatever it might be, and you'll instantly just be pushed into a scenario that's wrong for you. So I would say always try and just find companies you want to work for, and then like go and say hello, and hope like hopefully they'll give you a job. Yeah, that's good. How can you how can you make sure you're up to the level up up to up to the job though? Um. Well, you you wouldn't know. Because like, if you go in there, like, if you go in there and your and your work's not good enough, right? So I think it's a bit, yeah, it can be a bit embarrassing. Maybe, maybe you know, but I, before. I don't know. I I agree. I agree, and it can be totally disheartening. Like hundred percent agree. But I would say, like, you every you're gonna get like it's so cliche, but like so many companies are gonna not give you a job 
You know what I mean? So I think it's better to start getting hit with like your work isn't your work isn't good enough. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. Because it's going to happen. Like you know what I mean? I'm I'm yeah. to like say over the space of like four days, I, I must have walked like walked into tens of businesses in Manchester like with my art folder like can I work for you you know what I mean and I think if you fear if you've got if you're fearful of like a boss or someone who owns a company saying hey that's shit first of all if they outwardly say you're not good enough you probably don't want to work for that company you know what I mean because like but I'd say there's a lot of companies who would probably especially if you go in like as a person obviously you can't do it at the minute because of covid but when the world comes back to a little bit of normality i think i think nine out of ten companies if you walked in all jolly like hey look i'm a drawer or whatever it might be can i offer some value the worst case scenario you're gonna get is the busy best case scenario you'll probably get a coffee and a sit down and like this is cool you know what i mean yeah and then obviously like perfect scenario you get a job but even if you don't i would say it's probably you probably have the opportunity of a conversation a lot more than a piss off people are, i think are generally nice i think i think that's very very good i think most people that would do that uh like yourself that i need to to be out there and, and go forward and, and develop sort of conversations with people that can lead to things but a lot of illustrators and designers and creatives you know we're very closed off and like if you like being on our own sort of not chatting with anyone and that's very scary to a lot of people going and walking to places a lot of people can't yeah. pick up the phone so how how like is it just a if you can't do it you can't do it no I don't, I, I don't i don't think so and i think obviously because I, I can't do public speaking because that the idea of that terrifies me and before this call i was like there was an inkling of like e you know what i mean like but i think I think a lot of scenarios, the the thrill of like what could happen is more exciting than maybe not doing it. But obviously, I appreciate that's my perspective, and obviously, I can't I can't comprehend say someone who is terrified of say picking up a phone or whatever that might be. So I would say to those people, like the little little wins are massive. <laughs> like if they can pick up a phone or if they can, like even just go to a networking event and not speak to anyone like yeah. for those types of people like that's a massive win and like they should be incredibly proud and i think half the battle is comparing yourself to all these creatives out there and all these companies like if you're one of those people who are terrified of like say say the idea of like walking into a company and, like this is what i do if, say you can't do that but say like you pluck up the courage to stand in a networking event like good yeah, on yeah. like that's amazing. Like you should be. No, that is a good point. I mean, there's a there's a guy called you probably, probably heard of him, Jordan Peterson, uh, who who talks about um, he's a, he's a psychotherapist. Psychotherapist is that the right word? Uh, uh, what's the word? Yeah. So anyway, yeah, he helps helps people um, overcome things, and you know he's uh, he had a client who was in who was scared of lifts, right? Um, elevators for the American audience and. Going um, going into one would terrify this woman, and um, he was like, "Well, okay, let's break it down. Can you look at a picture of a lift?" She was like, "Yeah, we can do that." So I looked at a picture of a lift, and then, you know, can you go up to a lift? You can press the button. She was like, "Yeah, I can go up to 
I can walk in the door and see it in, in person. And he's like, oh, press the button. Okay, press the button. Can you go in it? And he's like, no, okay, that's fine. Next day, come back another day and try it again. And, and until they got to that next step, then they kept going a step and a step and a step. I think you can break that down. Like in terms of walking into a company, I think, I think the networking events are a great way to start as well because people come up to you. If you're just standing there, people come up to you. Um, so yeah, that's a, and as long as you're confident talking about yourself and, and your work, then which is probably a great a great skill to learn first, um, become confident in, in why you did a piece of work and the reason behind it and yeah, become confident in talking about yourself and your work. I think that's uh, one of the best skills to have really. Um, and yeah, just break break the steps down and you get there. It's good. It's a good bit of advice. But um, the difference is you know, people are actually doing it and, and talking about it. Now, that's the difference. And I guess someone like yourself who actually goes and does it, and that's that's why you've you know done all these big worked for all these big companies at you know, such a young age. You're gonna do it. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. Sorry, very very interesting. So when you break it down and and realizing you get someone like yourself who's a, a doer, I, I like that. I like the doers. Cheers, bro. I probably wouldn't do that. I don't know if I did. Would I? Would I go into a big company? I think that's what I did for my first internship. I did you know, go knock on a graphic designer's door, um, right. and <laughs> I, I, I got it. Um, local design studio, but I don't, know, I don't know if I'd walk into like a Nike or a or Adidas and say, "Here's my portfolio." Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, that's good though. I also leave something behind as well. It's good. Um, leaving, yeah. leaving like a, a leaf or something you've made behind. That's what happened. And, um, that's what I've been told. And Danny, Danny Lennon told me that actually. Yeah. That was a good bit of advice from him. But yeah, yeah you, that was an incredible story you've got. So, so tell me through going to Madrid. Who's this? Who's this random guy that took you over to Madrid? I am. It's one of them as well. I've signed so many pieces of paper. I am. Oh, okay. so it's basically. It's one of the biggest tech companies in in the world up to a point because they whitelist all the creations. So they've they've made things for like global brands, like and you probably use it every day. And they're the inventors behind said things. And they were working on a um, like a VR sort of comic book experience. And the there was an opportunity to do a little bit of work with them guys and. It, it was tremendously helpful for the portfolio at like 17 or 16, 17 to say that, yeah. oh, we've worked on this. And I think that's probably what helped secure the the job the job at uh, What Media was probably because we, I sort of demonstrated like, look, this is what we could be doing. So these... Are these jobs on your LinkedIn CV? Or like, or can you tell people about them when you're going for job interviews and that? So I'm yeah, thinking, like, yeah, if you, if you no, do all this work right, and you can't tell anything more about it. No, it's it's. I think I think more recently I've become more cautious because now it's kind of because I've got staff. It's kind of like yeah, I'm not like I'm looking after staff as well. Like I'm, you know what I mean. It's an extra level of like I've got to lose more people to care for before like. Mm my own sort of self and I'm which has been like a fantastic experience but I'm but no recently we've been doing a lot of whitelisted projects so like we'll add our sort of animation or illustration to say a huge like tv commercial and 
obviously part of the fee is look you can't speak about it and um, that that's been that's been tremendously helpful in starting the business because we've had this windfall of like huge jobs and huge amounts of cash and that's obviously yeah, it's pretty yeah. springboarded us but um, but pr some projects we can sort of talk about are um, like like should I start with the what media stuff we did um, and then sure, talk yeah. Yeah. yeah so after after the Madrid job I um, I ended up working for a company called what media and we like I say we worked with they're working with tons of incredible brands and I worked on like helping storyboard helping sort of make final assets for animation because they had this insanely talented animator called uh, Casper who was just like ah, he's incredible at what he does and I, I'd work with him to make assets and then they'd be animated I'd help with the sort of the client process and that was like amazing because it sort of it got me sort of pushed in front of these people and these brands and like look this is how you speak to a client and just just working with chris who was my boss at the time was amazing i couldn't i couldn't have had a better like proper boss you know like for my like proper job you know what i mean because he taught me like yeah. what's right and wrong in business how you should approach people when you That's should great. yeah when you should sort of if a client's been a, a twat like when you should sort of, you know what I mean? Like leave a problem. Yeah. yeah. I, um, and yeah, that was just a fantastic experience. And then I, um, and then like the stuff we did at city, like I am um, some of the highlights at city, like obviously initially not being a football fan. I am a fan now because I've been sort of exposed to the joy of football, but um, yeah. <laughs> Like we did, lucky at Man City, you win everything. Great, yeah. <laughs> like, well, the you year, can't go to go. <laughs> yeah, the year I joined, um, one of the first sort of like big projects because I initially was doing like match day graphics, like the illustrations for that, um, and then that led to doing program covers, and then that then led to um, doing the hand drawn animated elements for the um, the trophy lift, the like the champion celebration. So I did the, a, a selection of every single player of this, like, completely pencil-drawn portrait, and then it morphed into, like, a moment. And then that was given to Danny and Nick, who are insanely talented. Um, and then they worked their magic. And then those actual animations were played on the cinema screen above the players during the trophy lift, which was, like, unbelievable. And then I would say and two other projects which really sort of hit home, like, Oh, this is quite unbelievable. Was um, we got flown out to Madrid to do the um, so we painted the match live. We did this whole sequence of painting Pep's portrait live, and that was made into like a cool video. Um, and then we did some animations, reactive animations. So I pulled an all nighter to do like reactive to the match animations, which was super fun. And then, and then I would say the collaboration with Puma, doing the Puma launches, working with like. Working on the piece that obviously celebrated the blossoms was awesome, um, mm. and yeah, so I'd say they are the the, the highlights of working very closely with City. Nice. Yeah, there's some really really amazing pieces in there, like lovely stuff, the kit launches and that. Um, so what was what's this? Uh, what was the investment? When did that come around? And what, uh, how, how random was that? Oh, <laughs> was it? Was it? No, so, so I, I was working with, um, so basically I was working with a fella 
called Andrew, um, who runs, he's a businessman, he runs a successful uh, financial company. Um, And he he met me um, because he'd written, well, was at the time, this was like two years ago, uh, was writing a novel. Um, And he was just like, hey, like once the novel's ready, will you illustrate the cover? Um, But we like, we really hit it off. And he had mentioned he'd done a sort of children's, he'd written his daughter a, a children's book which was like a female-focused like adventure story, which is it's kind of rare for that sort of say four to eight-year-old market of like there isn't too many female-led like adventure stories. So mm. I sort of thought, oh, this is a like such a cool idea and such a cool project. So he gave me a bit of budget. We worked on that. We had a successful launch, which was like an amazing evening. That was super cool, and we, it sold pretty well. I am. But then alongside that, there was like a, like a simmer of interest. I'm actually in New York with a uh, quite a big sort of company. And they sort of, they flew me to New York for a pitch. And because basically they wanted me to work on a project out there, but also like, hey, can we look at your book? So I'm, so no, so I flew out uh, over the Christmas time, which was splendid like it, it was an amazing time i um, met a load of cool people over there and then basically after coming back and obviously then becoming like a city employee this andrew fella continued to mentor me and obviously it, say a year had passed and then a year and a half at the start of the first lockdown and this dog this book he like, mentioned all these uh, a year or so ago was now pretty much finished so we began work on that, and drawing all that, he was kind of launching a publishing company on the side, and we just sort of we came to the we came to the conclusion that like it makes more sense to invest in Benwell Studios and have that as one entity which publishes the books and does everything than it is to keep paying a freelancer fee to me. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, so we launched the studio in October last year, and like incredibly fortunate, we landed like four crazy clients in like the first month, which I think really like set us off to a, a, like a successful start. Yeah. So okay so <laughs> uh so when i hear when i hear about like people you know designers being flown over to another you know, country and pitching and stuff i'm sure it happens more than i've more than i've heard but like it just sounds crazy it just sounds like a, like a crazy story like and almost like it almost sounds unbelievable like i mean obviously it's not but like no no it's, I, it's, it's crazy it was, it was so like crazy. yeah 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 so with with and then someone investing in your company as well like investing in it okay like uh, so when when this guy you build up a good relationship with him and then so I'm just trying to work out my head so you build up a good relationship with him and then uh, eventually he spiraled into what had happened was he, we, we met to talk about this novel he'd written and yeah. he got so excited by the idea of like releasing a book and I think we realised like there's a synergy here he was like oh I've also like say 10 years ago i wrote my daughter this children's book do you want to have a look at it and i really liked the children's book so i was like i did some sketches and i was like look this is how it could look and he was like how much will it cost to make so we discussed that and did that book and then obviously 
from that point to releasing his new book, which is coming out that year, September this year, touch or go, um, he kind of was like, oh, look, we used to email quite a bit and bounce a few ideas. And there was a few other projects, like tiny projects, projects for his business, like, can you draw me this? You know what I mean? And we'd, yeah, we'd go yeah, for yeah. quite a few, like, dinners and stuff and discuss the books and discuss everything. And then it got to the sort of, essentially the nitty gritty of like oh right should we book this new book in should how much is it going to cost and discussing budgets and everything he mentioned like oh i want to do everything self-published so i, I want to like build a publishing house and during that discussion it kind of it just made sense to not go down the route of a publishing house but take the money you were going to put into this book and invest it into a studio you know what i mean Mm. Crazy, crazy. How you just, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't know. Obviously, it wasn't the conversation, but yeah, it developed well in your sense. Like, and uh, so since then, since then, you you, you pitch for these big companies. That, you know, you talked about these four projects. Did you pitch to them, or did they just come to you on the back of the city jobs? Or? So it, it was a bit a bit of both. So um, we like so. What happened was we worked with a guy who um is a tremendously talented animator and he mentioned us aim to do like a storyboarding gig and then a lot of word of mouth happened and we we landed a few cool projects in october like when we literally just launched and yeah. but then like in the space of like from then to now aim we landed like the bbc as a client um, we worked with a company which worked with a few TV networks and we worked on a, a load of projects for them guys, which was super exciting. Um, and then we're working with quite a lot of fashion companies as well. Um, we've just worked with two sort of independent ones. The week before last, um, Gucci inquired and we did a job for Gucci, which is like unbelievable. You know what I mean? It's like, it's so, it's so silly. Like... It feels like it, it feels the same every time like these gigs come in. Yeah. It genuinely like I'll, I'll look at an email and it'd be like from Gucci and I'm like like gee like, you know what I mean like fucking hell you know what I mean it's the the same amount of excitement each time and I think that's key to keeping it yeah successful, keeping the momentum because yeah once you stop getting excited like by emails from like Gucci then there's something wrong should back it in. So, so they come to you on the back of your work. Like they just did they mention the work We've, in the email or anything? Or? So I'll, I'll I'll give a proper breakdown. So since October, um, we've basically so there's two two routes to like for us to get business. It's well, I'd say three. It's someone's seen something on social media, LinkedIn, mainly LinkedIn. Yeah. People don't utilize LinkedIn, but LinkedIn is where yeah. All the big jobs. So, say I'd say ten percent of our work comes in from like, oh, that's cool. Can we work with you? And then I would say we've had over the last say since October, we've had we've pitched for ten companies. So, um, this is without agents as well. Um, a brand or someone we've worked with in the past might nominate our name, or a company might reach out and say, hey, look, can you pitch for this? We've got this budget. And we're going to shortlist four people and then choose someone. Um, so we've gone for 10 pitches. We've won three of the 10 pitches. 
Um, and then word of mouth. Word of mouth is quite key. Um, and word of mouth from like company to company um, because like one company will talk or one company will push something out and then someone will be like, hey, that's cool. Who did it? And then, you know what I mean? So it's always just yeah, keep sure. good rapport with these brands and companies that they they do want to mention you after. Um, but like what's also been like really nice is we've been able to do especially i'd said the last two months a lot of charity work so we've done quite a lot mm-hmm. we've done this like nhs smile project and that in itself obviously it is publicity because all these people are sharing it but it, it's led to a um, which is quite exciting like quite a few sort of big names obviously one in a free print or one in a free commission and that in itself obviously we approach these situations with like the best intentions like we're giving like say five hours ago for free to these people or whatever it might be but that in itself I, I think turns into work as well and if it doesn't turn into work it turns into oh look these guys are actually trying to do some good you know what i mean yeah for sure i mean the nhs stuff's huge huge name to have as well on, on your client list right even if you know, even if you're giving them you know you're giving them hours well, that's amazing amazing <laughs> um yeah I don't really know where to go from that. I'm just, just sort of taken aback by it all, to be honest. Um, what's uh, what's been what's been the biggest lesson for you for for what for all of this whole journey, this, this crazy journey of six yeah. years or however long it's been? Yeah, what's the biggest lesson? I would just say like the easiest thing is like ju- just be nice to people, mm. and also like also know when to pack it in. Because, like, put it like this, when, when I initially started and I was, like, emailing, turning up at companies, what you've, because obviously stuck to the Manchester region at, like, age of 16, like, there's only so, so like, far I can walk, you know what I mean? Um, what I found, and it kind of stuck with me, there's a lot of people who are, especially in the creative industry, who are running a lot of companies who are kind of just doing it for the money, or I don't know, or I don't know, sort of stature, and it's very telling. Like you can clearly see they're doing it for that. And it, it, I'd say those people are the biggest shame because it's like you obviously loved it at one point, and now you're, pre- I think, almost preventing possible really cool people getting into the industry because you might find a person who, say, could be turned off by the idea of saying being rejected and they could go with the best intentions to one of these companies and i don't know yet a grumpy old boss is like fuck this the industry shit and it'll just put these people off and i think just know when to pack it in yeah it's good it's good like that um i want to get on to that's kind of questions yeah, uh, yeah. For, so the first one's uh, what's your best purchase under 100 pounds it's a bit random yeah 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 so that's cool question everyone. Like work related, or can it just be for that? No, film? no, everything, everything. Um, oh, I got an absolute bargain. I got um, there were there's like a comic book slash movie shop um, in I where I think it's in Liverpool actually. Anyway, they had like um, they were just flogging like you know the big thick art books mm. for a pound a go. Right. Like, 
should have been like 30 quid or whatever. So I got like five, five of them, got the Alien movie sort of collection, which was cool. Um, but then I'd say more sort of work-related, um, under, under 100 quid. Uh, just like a good biro, sticking doodle. Biros are good, yeah. Yeah, agreed. Um, next question, and it's, it's last to a bit deeper. I mean, I know we last had some deep conversation before, which is great. Um, so, what's your, what's your life advice out there? I mean, you go to the hard work one, but have you got uh, anything else? What What did you say? Sorry. Yeah, like, have you got any life advice for people listening? I know we talked about sort of hard I, work and earlier on. I would say like, just do what makes you the happiest. I know that's so like it's on t-shirts and it's on posters and stuff, um, but like. Like, just don't do it stuff for the sake of doing it. Um, just, if you want to just be a farmer or want to, I don't know, if, if if you become a librarian and that's the most fulfilling, entertaining career and you love every second, like, that's incredible. Yeah, and it's like it, any job, like, there's yeah, never, yeah. there's reasons to have temporary work to fulfill a situation, like, if you're at uni, you might need to have a job you don't love as much, mm. but you should never stick with it too long or or sometimes stick with it too long and realise you hate it and then be like, this isn't for me. Um, and that, that, I think, can be a good motivator of, like, I need to find something better. But I think, um, yeah, I think also just, just try and be nicer to people. Like, there's too much, like, horrible stuff going on that, I don't know, it's just easier to, it's just nice to be nice, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's good to, you know, everyone, everyone should be nice. It's, it, there will be a lot better place if, uh, if everyone was nice to each other, understood different points of views and yeah. all that. Sure, that's good. Uh, would you also think about, would you tell advice, would, would, your, would you advise people to get a mentor as well? Like to 100%. Find someone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that, that's the, that is like, definitely why i'm here now i uh, couldn't yeah without it without a doubt uh, there's no no way i could have done it without um because i've had like over the, the the career i've had three people who've like been close enough that i would see them as mentors and yeah yeah because you don't know it like you everyone doesn't know you know what i mean you don't really know anything so you need people who know a little bit more to help you yeah, definitely. I mean, even if it's just, um, even if it's just um, giving you advice here and there, and, and you know, them not knowing that your that your mentor is quite good as well. There's uh, yeah, so just constantly someone someone that's willing to give feedback or and, and you know give you advice on things is good. Um, that's definitely uh, definitely not me. I mean, but you do it from a business side, right? As well. For my mentors, I am. Yeah. It's kind of been well, like Chris, who was my sort of first proper boss. I am. He he was like a friend and a mentor. Like he helped with business right. stuff, helped with life stuff. Um, and then I ha- I've had a mentor who is say more more towards just business. And then I would say again with Andrew, it's a bit of both. There's like the balance there of like friend as well as business. You know what I mean? There's a sort of dual focus on where we're trying to get the business to nice yeah definitely that's a yeah it's, it's good to have people like that in your life after yeah I, yeah I, yeah just trying to think about my own situation at the same time mumbling on um 
<laughs> so the last question we ask people on the podcast is is a deep one. Uh, so, uh, on. I think it's interesting to hear from real perspective as well. He's someone who's worked with a lot of big brands and at such a young age and done a lot at such a young age. Um, it's how do you want to be remembered? Ooh, that is deep. Uh, I don't know. Um, it's a proper hard one, that's uh, I don't know. Just so, like, I think making the little world I'm living in a bit better than, I don't know, than init- it was initially. Yeah, it's because that's like half the reason we're trying to, like, each say month, put a bit of time aside to, to work on good good causes and good projects because like, mm. we're lucky that we can do that. Like, it's far better than giving like a hundred quid here and there. You know what I mean? Like, we like the the project, like working with NHS staff. Like that was like, that was sick because like it's a cost to us to post prints out and it's a cost to us to like, I don't know, give five hours a week to someone's portrait, but like that portrait, it, I don't know, or it, that portrait will make their day. You know what I mean? And that's yeah, fine exactly. because they're doing a proper job. Like they're going out and like saving the world. It, it's nothing to, to draw them. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I would say just help, try to help as many people. I love seeing when uh, illustrators give give away prints to you know, kids in hospital or, or like yourself to to, to the NHS or, or do charity stuff as well. It's it's, um, it's a way of giving back and it's uh, using your skills to give back rather than money. So I think it's a really really nice thing to do. Because we're, um, we're partnered I mean, as well with two um, we're partnered with two charities as well, and each year we do a uh, well. I'd say last year I think we just did a framed picture because we didn't really know where the world was. But um, but no, we did in the past. We've done sort of we've we've donated about a month of time just to to do like free paintings and just trying to help them kind of thing. I think it's nice. I think it's nice to do that. Good on you. Nice one. Um, where can people check check you out and, and find you on social media? Um, well, see, we're trying to we're trying to be as yeah. un, unsocial as possible while being on social media it's so uh, because i don't know i find social media it, it's needed 100 percent needed you need it to be relevant but i don't know it's pretty silly people care about it far too much and there's dodgy stuff going on with like the facebook stuff and like facebook selling your data so we've taken a new stand on it we've pulled all our company and everything from facebook completely we we are on Instagram, which I get is Facebook, but if you need to be on Instagram if you're in animation studio, you know what I mean. So we're on we're on Instagram at Benwell Studios, and then we're on Twitter as Benwell Studios, and then LinkedIn as Benwell Studios, and then the website's just Benwell Studios. But um, I should change it really. Right? It's a bit of a, a bit of a twist, but uh, no, LinkedIn LinkedIn is where it's at, and Instagram's good. Um, but we just try not to be too too social. Yeah, I get I get the thing about Facebook as well. Do you do you have uh, WhatsApp? Yeah, but here's my thing with they get you, don't they? They do. But I tried that new thing, that trending app. It wasn't for me. I I have too many clients on WhatsApp. But I think for me, I did some research and what they actually they do take your data, but that's kind of a given now. So I think if you're sort of 
well-versed on what you're giving up and you do your research, I think you can be as safe as you can be. Invest in sort of those measures, you know what I mean, to like protect yourself and your data. Um, and yeah, just be careful and try and get rid of Facebook if you can because that's, that's the worst of that's the worst of them all because if you have a Facebook account and you just take two minutes to look at, just put like a pitch, any picture on and just say you click as a targeted ad. If you just look what targets you can put, you'll realize how much data Facebook have on you. Yeah. So yeah, I would I mean, it's, uh, stand back from Facebook. I mean, it's amazing how many, um, yeah, I can't, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. it's amazing what sort of companies have the amounts of data that they do uh, yeah i would say yeah if someone wants to reach out it, it's benoit studios and i would say like like aspiring illustrators or graphic designers like if you ever want to reach out and have a conversation or once the world opens and we've got some form of office space we'll better offer like work experience or like meet the team days which will be cool but that's obviously all dependent on covid and it's all dependent when we can get an office space kind of thing yeah i actually didn't ask you what, what do the other guys do in your, in your team are they helping run the business side of things or are well, they illustrators as well no so we, we've got a um, we've got andrew who is the finance director um, oh. and, and we ha we have a social media manager who does uh. all the social media um, but then we're looking at the minute to actually get a graphic designer sort of the goal is to have the graphic designer Full time, but initially two days a week. So we are we are actively looking. There you go. Nice one. Yeah. Um, thank you very much for this uh, for for uh, for being a part of it. I uh, appreciate you being on the podcast. Yeah, no drama. Bob. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. You can check out our sponsor, Logo Package Express, down in the description for a discount. Uh, I'll see you next week for another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. Cheers. <laughs>